Then you will truly be successful. Turn the page. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. Oh. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. To those who love God. He has a word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on your According to be his purpose, to do purpose. It's his purpose, Ooh. not mine. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. To those who love God. To those who are called According to his purpose Purpose It's his purpose Not mine It's day 56 of our 90 day challenge And I am so excited about today's purpose thought I want you to buckle up and get ready The subject for today is focus on the salt Not the shaker Matthew, the fifth chapter the first through the 16th verse. If you're ready, put in the comments, I'm ready, I'm ready. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And in both cases, that is not by saying anything or by doing anything, but by being something. Salt affects its environment simply by being what it is. And light affects its environment by being simply what it is, not by saying or doing anything. And if we're going to be salt and light, it's not by a lot of talk or even a lot of action that we're going to be salt and light. It's by being totally different from our environment and so different that we affect it. And it is Luke's gospel that tells us what Jesus meant when he said, you are the salt of the earth. Matthew's gospel doesn't define it. It just says, you are the salt of the earth. And that allows the preacher preaching from Matthew by itself to put any meaning he likes into it. And unfortunately, what we do is we put our own experience of salt into the meaning. We think of salt as either a flavoring or a preservative. And almost every sermon I've heard on you are the salt of the earth talks about flavoring or preservative. That somehow a little sprinkling of Christians makes the atmosphere sweeter or somehow we manage to be the museum of society. And in Luke's gospel, Jesus defines what he means. He says, if the salt loses its saltness, it is no good either for the field or the dunghill. And this tells you what salt was used for in the ancient world. It was scraped up from the shores of the Dead Sea, which as you probably know is 28% salts in solution. Now it's not pure sodium chloride, NaCl. It is a mixture of various salts. There are all kinds of different salts there. And one of the main ones is potassium chloride, potash. If you're a gardener, then you know that every plant needs three kinds of fertilizer. It needs phosphate to develop the roots. It needs nitrates to develop the leaves. And it needs potash to develop the flowers and fruit. And a balanced fertilizer will include all those three. And so the salt that was scraped up from the Dead Sea was widely used as a fertilizer, largely because of the potash in it. There were other things too, magnesium bromide, there are all kinds of major salts in the Dead Sea. There is also sodium chloride, quite a lot. And that, of course, was used in the kitchen. But Jesus is thinking about its use as a fertilizer, he said, on the soil. And the word soil there is exactly the same as the word earth in Matthew. The salt of the earth, the salt of the soil, the fertilizer that you put on the soil to make good things grow. And then he mentioned the dunghill. That was a reference. The word there is a word for not animal manure, but human manure. He's now into the backyard. They simply had a heap of dirt at the bottom of the yard. You went and emptied your bowels at the bottom of the yard, and then by the side of the dirt was a box full of salt from the Dead Sea. And you put a handful of that on your dirt. And that, in fact, was a disinfectant, a very simple disinfectant to stop the spread of things you didn't want to grow. Now, those two put together give you a negative and a positive influence of salt, that it promoted the growth of good things that you wanted to grow, and it inhibited the spread of bad things that you didn't want to grow. It is a vivid picture. And Christians are to be the salt of the soil. Here you've got a very clear, vivid picture. Jesus was always using very familiar pictures from ordinary life. And 
using them to illustrate profound truth. You are the salt of the soil. You are the people who will stop bad things growing and spreading and who will promote the growth of good things that are wanted there. Now that's a vivid picture. And you are that salt, not by saying anything and not by doing anything, but by being totally different from the environment. And it's as simple as that. In the kitchen, a sprinkling will do. A little salt in the soup and that's enough. But as a fertilizer or a disinfectant, you need a considerable amount before the effect shows. You need handfuls in both cases. A little sprinkling on the soil will not do a thing. And therefore, the very concept of being salt in society demands a certain proportion of that society being Christian, being different, being salt. And the simple fact is we have not got enough salt. It is as simple as that. And that is why social trends are going the wrong way. And there's no way it can be reversed until there is a sufficient amount of salt to do the trick. In other words, we might be able to win an occasional battle by lobbying and by protesting, but we will lose the war while there is an insufficient amount of salt. And you can apply this in any situation. And while you read the papers and decry what's happening in society, it all shrieks at me, we no longer have enough salt in this country. We once had, but we no longer have. And we can't expect the trends to reverse until we do. Now, how much do we need? Now, this is where I've got some good news for you. That in fact, when in any community or society, there is 5% salt, the social trends reverse for the better. And it's not by anything that 5% are saying or doing, but just by being 5%. Until we are producing enough salt to save a society, we're going to continue to work in a situation that's going downhill. And where incidentally it becomes increasingly difficult to be a Christian because the tide is running hard against us at the moment and will continue to do so. Well, now that's the quantitative aspect of salt. Sprinkling is no good. We need shovelfuls and we haven't got them. The second aspect is the aspect not only of amount, but of distribution, of distribution. Salt is no use in the box or the salt cellar. It has got to be in direct contact with the dirt before it operates. In other words, it operates by presence and not absence. And as long as salt is locked up in a meeting like this, we cannot be salt of the earth this morning. We just can't do it because we're out of contact with the dirt. And therefore distribution, we need first of all 5% but if that 5% were all locked up in Christian schools and in suburban churches, it would not be salt. It's got to be in among the dirt. It's got to be in direct physical contact if it's going to operate in a factory where there's a 5% Christian presence, the language changes without anybody saying anything. Think of your street or the place where you work. Don't grumble because you're in direct contact with the dirt. That's precisely where salt can act. But it does need a 5% presence. And there is a disturbing attitude among Christians to try and get out of that dirt 
and to get into a Christian situation. But I remember a girl coming to me and saying, isn't it wonderful? She said, I'm the only Christian in the office where I work. And she said, it's so hard. But she said, I've seen an advertisement for a Christian firm and they, they want someone and I'm qualified for the job. And I've been accepted in a Christian firm. She was looking forward to starting the day with prayer and all the rest of it, you know, and going to work in a firm where everybody was Christian. And she saw my face and she said, what's the matter? I said, you just told me that you were the only Christian in the office where you worked. And now they have no contact with Jesus. I want that to be an encouragement to some of you to stay right where you are. Or to put it in Bible terms, to remain in the vocation in which you were called. Because God called you right there. Because you wanted some salt right there. Better to pray that more Christians will join you in that situation until you get the 5% than run away and join a Christian outfit. We need salt in national government, local government. We need salt in sport. Distribution of salt is very, very important. And the more we shrink back into Christian ghettos, the less that salt can operate. It can only operate in direct contact with the dirt. The third aspect of salt, and perhaps the most important for us, is the aspect of quality. You see, salt is needed in a certain amount in any given situation. It is also needed to be in direct physical contact with the situation it's going to influence. But thirdly, it must be salty. And Jesus talked about salt losing its savor. Now, how can sodium chloride lose its salty quality? The answer is it cannot. It is a physical impossibility. And yet, it must have happened in Jesus' day for him to be able to talk about it. He said, if the salt has lost its savor, it's no good for anything, and men throw it in the street, which is where they threw all their rubbish, and it was trodden underfoot, trodden into the dirt. That's what happens to dirt in the Middle East, or to rubbish. Now, how could salt lose its savor? A very simple way. Not by ceasing to be sodium chloride but by being adulterated with other substances. And a clever salt dealer would scrape up plenty of sand with the salt from the Dead Sea shores. And so a lot of it was not salt at all. That's the only way in which salt can lose its saltness, by having too much other stuff mixed in with it. And so it loses its quality. And any housewife who bought adulterated salt that was half sand would throw it out of the door into the street. And men would walk it back into the dirt from which it came. Now the lesson of that is pretty obvious. Christians will only influence the world if they're different from it. Somebody said of the church, the lifeboat should be in the sea, but when the sea gets in the lifeboat, you're in trouble. And in fact, our real situation is not just that we don't have enough salt but that the salt we do have is losing its saltness very, very rapidly by being adulterated, by having too much of the humanist, secularist society around us getting right in among Christians because the pressure is enormous to conform. Well now, it therefore can lose its savor. And Jesus said, if it does, all it will do will produce contempt in men. They will treat it with disgust. So we have the rather sad spectacle 
of Christians trying to be, to quote the Archbishop of Canterbury, we must be credible to our contemporary generation. We call to be credible or we call to be different. That's the real issue. The feeling we've got to be with it, we've got to be one of the boys, we've got to go along with contemporary society or we'll lose them. That is when the salt loses its saltness. And in fact, it's not the way to save society, it's the way to follow it. We should be leading society into a better way, not following their way 30 years after them. And then Jesus said something which I don't think people have taken too seriously. He said, if the salt loses its saltness, there's no way it can be restored. Wherewith shall it be salted again? Now that's important. Once you lose your saltness, you can't get it back again. Once you've lost, when an individual Christian loses their reputation, almost impossible to get it back again. Once salt loses its saltness, wherewith shall it be salted? It's gone for good. Now then, so what is saltness? Well, we've got to go back to the Beatitudes. And when you read those Beatitudes properly, they are the exact opposite of the attitudes of the world in which we have to live and move. Day 56 of our 90 day challenge and the title is Focus on the Salt, Not the Shaker. <laughs> we are always trying to house our assignment in a position. We are often stuck trying to reduce our lives to a shaker, to the system, to the subject matter, to the salary, but you are salt. And my word for those who are called to purpose is this, focus on the salt that seasons everything and not the shaker of a position that you want so very badly. It's the salt that changes the food, not the container that the salt lives in and if you never see calling outside of the container of a position of a role of a responsibility of a platform you will hide in dark cabinets but the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 is calling you out of those dark cabinets because no one who recognizes that we have the light within us hides under a bushel and no one sits in the shaker as salt without seasoning the things around you. Today, I want you to come out. That's my purpose project assignment for you. Come out of hiding and season everything around you. Focus on the salt, not the shaker. Come out of hiding, you're safe here with me. There's no need to cover what I already see You've got your reasons, but I hold your peace You've been on lockdown, but I hold the key Because I loved you before, you knew it was love chose the cross you were the one that i was thinking of when i rose from the grave got rid of your shackles now victory is yours i tore the veil for you to come close there's no reason to stand at a distance anymore you
Love. 